Many people in this day and age are last minute. Our lifestyles are lastminute.com. We do our work in the last minute, the students study in the last minute, you make your payments in the last minute, you arrive at the last minute. Many of the things that we do are last minute. We are right now actually in the last minute before the Nabukhara. One day, two days, final stages. And the Vyakreen, Sallallahu his Sunnah, he was not last minute. He was a very prepared person. Always remembering Allah SWT, thinking about Allah SWT, prepared for Ramadan well in advance. And if you think about it, even when people ask us to give this talk, preparing for Ramadan, the first thing that comes to us is why should people need to prepare? Is it the first time they're spending Ramadan? Is it something new for them that we need to come and give them a lecture on how to prepare for Ramadan? And many people that we can see here today have spent 10 Ramadan, 15 Ramadan, 20 Ramadan, 30 Ramadan of their lives. Why is it that we feel the need to know again we need to quote unquote prepare for Ramadan? Hmm? Can you imagine somebody who has done something 20, 30 times and then he says, I need you to give me a talk on how to prepare for it? But actually, it's true. We need to prepare for Ramadan not because we don't know how to pass, we know how to pass. We need to prepare for Ramadan because for the past 11 months we were leading lives of so much zakla, so much peacelessness, absent mindedness, praying heartless salah, reciting heartless Quran, distant from Allah. We were even made ourselves so distant from where we ourselves were last year in Ramadan. We became a different person. We stopped making du'a, stopped translating Quran, stopped coming to Fajr and the Masjid. We're out of tune. But actually, we do need to prepare for the month of Ramadan. Now, there are two ways to prepare for Ramadan. One is simply an instant. This is called Tasneem, Tafweed, to give yourself up over to Allah entirely. That's it. Like a person when they walk to the shore of the ocean and they see there's a huge wave is going to come, they just say, okay, I'm going to give myself up to that wave. Just like that, Ramadan is like a tidal wave of the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that is going to unleash on this ummah in just a matter of one or two days or a few hours. Now rather than analyze it, think whether you're ready for it, the real way to prepare for Ramadan is to give yourself entirely to deen of Islam. To make me a name this year in Ramadan, I want to change myself. Our problem is that what do we do in Ramadan? We change our schedule. That's it. Every year Ramadan comes, we change our schedule. We change the schedule of when we eat, and we change the schedule of when we sleep. And the second Ramadan leaves, we put that schedule back in the drawer, we take our old schedule back. We're like professional pastors. We know how to do it. And those who are very fond of eating, they change their menu. And the women in the house know that this is the iftar menu, and this is the sabur menu. And if they're from South, South Asian culture, the pakora, samosa, and other cultures may have their own I don't know what. It's a new menu and a new schedule. That's it for one month. 
When the Ramadan ends, put the menu away, put the schedule away, go back to being your old self. In fact, if somebody has lived through even one Ramadan, they should be a changed person. Can you imagine in this world in dunya, somebody goes for one month intensive training, their company sent them for one month intensive training, and you meet them ten months later and he says, there's no effect on me. I have no effect anymore. The company will fire that person. Because we gave you one month, thirty days intensive training, and your productivity has an increase, your efficiency has an increase, you're the same old person that you were before the training. You think they're going to send you for training again? You'll be fired. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He keeps sending Ramadan every year again and again and again. He says, Wadhaqul ta'allakum tattakoon. La'allah is, uh, it means Allah Ta'ala's hope. Allah Ta'ala's hope that maybe due to the barakah that Allah Ta'ala placed in this month of Ramadan, a person will have taqwa. So the answer is up to us. Question, what do you want this year out of Ramadan? What do you want? And if you haven't been thinking about it, you don't have a good answer. If you're thinking, okay, it's coming, I better get my prayer timetable, I better get used to it, I better get sleeping. So the only answer. What should you want of Ramadan? Your answer, Jannah, Wilaya, Taqwa, Sunnah, Qurub with Allah SWT. That's the answer. Because that is what Allah is offering on Ramadan. You see, there are two special things. One is called Ramadan, one is called Hajj. And these two things, Allah puts everything in being in the reach of a person. You can get everything in Ramadan. The greatest level of a believer in our deen, they're called Awliyaullah. It's called Wilaya. So Ramadan is the month of Belaya. Why? Because Allah Ta'ala said in Quran, La'allukum tattakoon. And Allah Ta'ala said in Quran, In awliya'u is the muttakoon. The who are the awliya? They're just the people of taqwa. So if Ramadan is the month of taqwa, it means Ramadan is the month of Belaya. Literally, Ramadan has so much power in it that an ordinary Joe believer can become the wali of Allah Ta'ala in this month of Ramadan. Everyone here, everyone not here, any Muslim who doesn't even pray Jummah, anyone who shows up in Ramadan, Ramadan al-Mubarak, Allah has put the power in that to transform a person's Iman, their Deen, their Hayat, their Taqwa entirely. Every sin can be left in Ramadan. Every Amal can be adopted in Ramadan. It's up to us what we take out of it. It's our choice. And some people will make the choice to take nothing other than hunger and thirst from Ramadan. And some of us have already made that choice. Year after year after year, <coughs> in the previous 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years of our lives. This is the purpose of Ramadan. To get taqwa, closeness to Allah ta'ala, fear of Allah ta'ala, love for Allah ta'ala, always being aware of Allah ta'ala. This is the purpose of Ramadan. So we have to go into this. You shouldn't tell in Muslim schools, you shouldn't even call it the month of fasting. Why do you dumb it down? Say it's the month of taqwa. Say it's the month of rahmah. Say it's the month of Makwira, it's the month of Wilayah. Tell your children that. Tell yourself that. When we have defined Ramadan only just on the basis of the fast, without looking, the fast is not an end in of itself. The fast is a means to an end. And our problem is we get stuck in that means every year and we don't reach the end. We don't reach the end, the goal, the maqsad, the purpose of this month of Ramadan. <coughs> Allah SWT has put some features in this month of Ramadan to enable us to check the goal. First feature is the past. Yes. First feature is the past itself. And the past gives us a very big lesson. 
that the Zahir and the Batin, there's a rut, the, the outer and the inner, there's a connection between these two things. Otherwise, logical will tell you that if he's staying hungry from halal food and from halal drink, and if a person is in nikah from halal religion, how that can be taqwa? Taqwa is by leaving halal, and you're telling me I'm going to leave halal and get taqwa, that's a yes. That's an outward act. You're going to be hungry and thirsty for a few hours. There is your case. 70, 18 hours. Hmm? You're going to be hungry and thirsty for that time. Oh, this it will affect your button. This outward act will affect your button. This is a big lesson for us. That the outer form matters. Your outer accent matters. Even basic physical accent will have an effect on your color, on your heart, on your ruh. Now Allah Ta'ala puts another feature. Nabi Akhreem taught us that Allah Ta'ala changed all of the shayateen, and the word is plural in Nabi. Shaitan and all of the shayateen are changed in this month. What does that mean? It means Iblis himself. It means Minal Jinni Wannas. All of the people who are unwitting agents, and now they won't be physically changed, but they are no longer able to further his mission on earth. They are not able to continue his service on earth, sometimes they do it unknowingly. All of that is interrupted. The one reason why me and you sin, and we don't have taqwa, was because we fell prey to the wasmasa, the whispering of Shaitan, to Allah Ta'ala took care of that. What's left with our nafs? Second reason we sin is due to our nafs. Allah Ta'ala put the fast to take care of us. The purpose of fasting, of staying away from food and drink and lawful relations, is to tame this nafs, is to temper this nafs. Which nafs? In the nafs al-amaratul that nafs that supremely commands us to do evil. Which nafs? The nafs we were supposed to stop. Your nafs. 
So Allah is putting these features in this month to help us to get that one. Shaitan is tamed and nafs is tamed by passion. It's a discipline. Khalil. to a young man who came to him and complained that Ya Rasulullah, I cannot control myself, my lustful urges. What did the Prophet tell me? He told him to fast. He told him to fast. Why? Because if you fast, you will be able to control the urges of your nafs. But the shark, the condition is that you cannot overeat from Maghrib to Fajr. If you overeat from Maghrib to Fajr, you undo the benefit of the fast, and the fasting has zero benefit, literally. And that's also something Sayyidina Rasulullah said to Sayyidi that some people do fast in Ramadan and they will get nothing of the hunger and thirst. They won't even get the taming of the nafs that was the purpose of the physical we have to be more wise. We have to be guided by the guidance. We have to be muqtadun. We have to submit to this hidayah. This is a month of training. So I would suggest that this year, we're experts now on what to do from Fajr to Maghrib. We know that. This year, focus on what you do from Maghrib to Fajr. This year in Ramadan, watch yourself from Maghrib to Fajr. Not just what you eat, but what you do, what you say, how you spend your time. Fix your nights this year. There's no barak in the fast. The barak of the fast for most people will fix your day. Will help you to stay away from sin. Just the act of fasting, most people because they're fasting, they don't sin from Fajr to Maghrib. People talk like that to each other. Oh, it's Ramadan, we shouldn't do that. Of course, you shouldn't do it even outside Ramadan because our Rabb is Allah's Allah. But it means that I'm fasting so I'm more aware of Allah. Allah. Because fasting is an ibadah. So when you're in a state of ibadah, you're in a state of thicker.
It says Allah closes all the gates of Jahannam and opens all the gates of Jannah. What does this mean? This is supposed to have an emotional effect on us. You see, if you walk to a house and you see all the doors are closed, the shutters are shut, you feel there's no hand getting in here. And if you walk into a house and every door is open, every window is open, all the gates are open, you feel it feels like somebody wants me to come in here. Actually, it means literally also Allah closes those gates and opens these gates. It also means Allah closes the pathways that lead to Jahannam and opens up for us to Hidayah, guides us to the paths that lead to Jannah. Unless we are going to be striving in this path for the sake of Allah subhanahu He will guide us many, many paths that lead to Him. Then Allah Ta'ala put another feature in response. And that is that Allah Ta'ala will increase the reward and the love He will give us for anything and everything that we do. If you do one farad, you will get the reward, sawab, ajr, seventh farad. But you will also get the four, 70 times four. What does that mean? So if you were to pray Jummah outside Ramadan, Allah will love you for praying Jummah. Some about, let's say this much. If you pray Jummah in Ramadan, you will get 70 times that love from Allah also. Because every ibadah is not just about the record, monetary hisab of good deeds, it's also about the four. Like Allah said in the hadith, put the narrative by Imam Bukhari and Imam Muslim, get the tatlamu ilayya abdi. That my servant and slave, they get quarter, they drop closer to me when they do those things that Allah has made mandatory. Seventy times more quarter. <clears throat> it's not just for prayer. Everything is required for husband to be good to his wife. You should have done that anyway. Okay, you change yourself and you start doing it in Ramadan. Allah loves the man who is good to his wife. The best of you in Allah's regard is the one who is best to his wife. You start that in Ramadan, how much love Allah would have given you normally, He will give you 70 times the amount of love. If you're a good wife, a wife, a good husband, good children, neighbor, friend, parents, whatever it may be. So whether it's for love or for ibad, Allah will give us more for doing the same. Now, I told you I'll give you 70 times your salary for one month. Believe me how you would work. Not double, not triple, 70 times your salary. You think, can I work overtime? Can I work on weekends? Can I do two shifts? Hmm? That's how you should feel about Ramadan. And Yala, you're going to give me 70 times. I'm going to work overtime. I'm coming for Salawiyah. I'm going to work on weekends. I'm going to read Quran on Saturday, Sunday when I'm off. I'm going to be making dua to you. I'm going to try to pray to Hajj with everything I've ever heard in my life about being. I'm going to give it a shot. That's what you should do in Ramadan. Try everything else. Try to enter. Try Salat al-Awabin. Try Tanawah. Try Dua. Everything, istighfar, salawat, anything and everything you've ever heard that you know is authentic and deemed, do it in Ramadan. Show the sponsor, Ya Allah, you want to give more to me, I'm going to reciprocate. Do it. I'm going to do more for you. Yes. Real love is like that. Love is always two way. And that's what we always say, even in our worldly relationships, that, oh, I'm showing you love and you're not loving me back. Allah is going to be sending down His extra special super love on believers in Ramadan. You have to love Allah Ta'ala back. That's what Allah said in the Quran, Yuhibbukum wa Yuhibbukum. It's a beautiful answer. Allah Ta'ala says first, Allah loved the believers. It should have been first Allah should have said, the believers loved Allah and Allah loved them. No. Yuhibbukum wa Yuhibbukum. Yuhibbukum. Allah loves them and then wa Yuhibbukum and they love Allah. 
See, many people, they think that being the beloved of Allah, that's the ultimate end of Islam. It's not the end, it's the beginning. The second that you took Iman, you became the beloved of Allah. Allah says in the Quran, Allahu amanu. Allah is the wali of those who believe. Now, other places in the Quran, Allah says, Allah amanu Allah amanu When Allah wanted to mention His love, He didn't put that condition. He didn't say, Allahu amanu